You're listening to the Auburn Express. What's up and good morning, War Report family. It's your guy, Ike Jones. We are back with another morning drop. Today, we are diving into some key matchups for the Auburn versus Texas A&M game this weekend. Y'all know how we do right here, War Report style. Let's drop it on them. Are now, now listening, listening to, to the War Report. Morning Drop. It is Wednesday, September the 20th, and I am joined by my guy Mike G on a Wednesday morning, getting mm. in here talking a little Auburn versus Texas AM key matchups. Mike G, how are we feeling today? I'm feeling like this might be a rough Saturday for Auburn fans. So we'll talk about the matchups. Uh, Auburn played Sanford Saturday. Uh, I have my feelings on that performance and how it's going to carry over into this performance. Mike has not been optimistic about the chances of this game. Not sure where all that's coming from. Only from the Auburn side because you haven't watched Texas A&M play if you are convinced that they are that much better. But uh, let's get into it, man. Let's talk about what we got going on from an Auburn standpoint. Uh, you uh, and I were talking before we got in here and you said that there was some matchups that you felt like Texas A&M could potentially take advantage of or you wanted to look out on. Let's start with the Auburn offense versus the Texas A&M defense. Who on Texas A&M should potentially be somebody like, okay, we got to watch out for this dude right here. According uh, to Texas A&M people. Yeah, we talked to the locked on guys, right? And um, the locked on Aggie guys. And Walter Nolan and Falil Diggs are two guys that they want us to keep an eye at. One plays tackle, the other plays edge. Uh, it'll be interesting to watch these guys, right? Um, the reason why I think this will be interesting is off the edge, if you can force Peyton Thorne out of the pocket, you can maybe force him into some bad decisions, right? Um, This will be a much more athletic secondary that he's playing against. Um, It is a secondary that led the SEC in yards per game allowed and and fewest yards per game allowed last year, like I think 184 yards per game. So um, I think that the the challenge is going to be the same for Texas A&M's defense versus Auburn's offense, and that is make Payne Thorne beat you. Right. By no means are you going to let you you can you let Jarquez Hunter and Demario Alston and Batie and Cobb control the pace and the flow of this game. Uh, I expect them to try to put the ball and Peyton keep the ball in Peyton Thorne's hands in terms of you know what happens down the stretch offensively for Auburn in this one. So you think that Peyton Thorne is well not Peyton Thorne excuse me you think that Texas A and M is going to try to stack the box and add more defenders in there against that or do you think that they feel like hey we can match up our front seven versus their five and we'll be fine. Uh, I think you might see them try to go athlete for athlete in the beginning. Um, And uh, listen, man, they've got a ton of talent. Hugh Freeze talked about this Monday. He said that, you know, we're about to play a stretch of teams that have been recruiting at a high level for a, for years. Right. And this is where he thinks the disparity is going to show up. You have a coach in Hugh Freeze that believes you need dudes to win. He came in. He was pretty adamant. He's like, you know, we got some dudes. But I don't think we have enough dudes to compete. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, despite how people may feel about Texas A&M as a team, they do have a lot of dudes on that team. Um, yeah. you, you know, you've got a new offensive coordinator there in Bobby Petrino. I have been super impressed with his offense through three weeks. Um, you know, Connor Wegman is almost 70% passing the ball. 
uh, certainly. Uh, but, you know, how did their – I think this is going to come down to how did the dudes on offense for Auburn match up with the dudes on defense for Texas A&M? Um, it's, it's not that I think that Texas A&M is that much better on tape. Um, it's who is Auburn? offensively what is their identity through three games do we know like I don't I don't know I don't know I don't know what to expect so we're going to see something new on Saturday I, I put an, absolutely no stock in anything I saw against Sanford offensively Peyton Thorne is not going to run for 100 yards versus Sanford uh, uh versus Texas a him like he did versus Sanford um and he's going to have to if they start as slow as they did versus Sanford I'm a little worried now they I think they only had one offensive possession in that first quarter Correct. If I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah, right. So it wasn't like they had a ton of chances. Well, they, but they only did. one full possession. They started the second possession and it spilled over into the second quarter. Fair enough. Right. Um, and that one full possession ended in an interception, right? Um, which you can argue whether it's on the quarterback or the receiver. Point is it, it ended in a turnover and produced nothing, even though they moved the ball. I don't think you're gonna be able to afford to do that versus Texas AM. I just don't, not on the road in this one. Yeah. I, so here's what I will say in in rebut to that. I don't think you need Peyton Thorne to run for 100 yards in order for Auburn to be good. Uh, right. So, I agree. Yeah. Reproduction of that shouldn't even be on anybody's wish list. If like, oh, if we can get Peyton Thorne to rush for 100 yards again, we'll win. I don't think you need that in order to be successful. And then secondarily, I don't think that they take the chance to throw the ball three times inside the five yard line against Texas A&M like they did against Samford. Uh, you know, Coach Freeze talked about them kind of putting it in the quarterback's hands and then questioning, like, why did we do that? Like, so it was clear he wasn't calling the plays during that portion of time. He was just like letting other people do it. And he's like, so what was the decision here for us to throw the ball three times? That's not something I expect to repeat as well. Um, Auburn deceptively got off to a slow start as far as scoring, but they moved the ball at will against Sanford. Like it wasn't even a question as to whether or not they were going to be able to move the ball down the field. That first drive, it stalled in the red zone. I think we're going to end up with points regardless. If we get the ball down that far, they're going to at least kick a field goal and go and get points against Texas A&M. It's going to be strategically a little bit different. So to your point, I don't put a lot of stock or faith in what happened versus Sanford, but I also don't expect a repeat of strategically what happened versus Sanford. So it's yeah. yeah. I, I, again, what do you expect? Right? Like what yeah, we're that tells it's us what to, to expect? Yeah, yeah, right. That's what I'm saying. Who are they on offense? What is their identity? Right? Are they a run for to be effective? To be effective offensively, be a good offensive football team. You need there's one of two things needs to happen. You need to do one thing extremely well and the other good enough to make the defense respect it, or you need mm-hmm. to do two things extremely well. Right. Right. Like those are th- that is how you get good on offense. Right now, I can't say that Auburn is doing one thing extremely well on offense. Right. Right. And and and, and that's what worries me is you know, you're going into the game for and even against weaker competition, what do they do extremely well? Because they lead the SEC. And the reason I brought up Thorne rushing, it wasn't more so that I expect to see that. It's that the running game numbers were bolstered by his by his number. I mean, Auburn leads the SEC in rushing yards per game through three games this season, right? Um, at 215. It's kind of a down year on the offense in, in the in the conference offensively. But uh uh like I said, I I just I I think that the run game is gonna have to step up. And the numbers that we saw that Peyton Thorne added aren't going to be there on Saturday. So who is going to step up, right? Can you can you produce those rush yards with your backs and Peyton Thorne at the quarterback? If Robbie is that quarterback, it's a, it's different, right? Because you know he can he can 
run on that level with those guys. Um, uh, but I don't expect to see a ton of Robbie Ashford in this one. So this is why I come back to, you know, who are they going to be offensively? And can they do one thing well enough to make the defense respect it? Yeah, I, I don't know that we... Texas A&M is good against the run. Uh, they have been all season. Uh, so I don't really expect for us to go crazy running the ball against them. What I do expect for us to do is figure out how to be better. And th- the thing that I was encouraged by versus Sanford, which is what I hope to see continue, is the RPO game being a little bit more consistent and making good choices about whether you're going to hand the ball off or you're going to throw the ball because you absolutely can supplement a run game with the short passing game and Auburn needs to be able to be committed to, Hey, we can take five yards at a time at, in the past game. And it doesn't have to be 20, 30 yards downfield. If we can be patient with the football and use the short passing game to supplement what we may lack in the run game, then it will work effectively the same way. And I think that that is strategically what this team needs to be able to do against Texas A&M, who again, I think is good against the run. If you are out there on podcasts and you're listening to this, make sure that you're giving us a five-star review. Those five-star review absolutely help. Those five-star reviews absolutely help us to continue to grow on the podcast charts. And we appreciate you all for listening out there in podcast land. Uh, let's flip this over to the other side of the football and talk about the Auburn defense versus the Texas A&M offense. What are the matchups that you feel like, hey, we've got to make sure that we're winning in these ways against Texas A&M? Uh, Evan Stewart and Anaya Smith, man, this is going to be strength on strength, right? Uh, you've got a 70% completion percentage quarterback coming into this one. Uh, his adjusted, I believe, is almost 80%. He's had four drops on the season. So he's been pretty good uh, so far this season. Uh, He's got eight touchdowns to two interceptions. um, And uh, he's thrown for almost a thousand yards already this season at 909. Um, So he's, he's having an okay game. He's averaging about 300 yards passing per game. I don't think Auburn can give up 300 yards through the air to Connor Wegman and win this one, not on the road. Um, I don't think they can do that. So this will be about, to me, about strength on strength, right? Uh, the A&M passing game versus the vaunted Auburn secondary. Um, uh, uh, Simpson leads, he leads the SEC in, in interceptions so far, right? Yeah. He leads the SEC in interceptions. Um, they have been absolute ball hawks. It is fun watching DBs actually get their head around when the ball is coming. <laughs> I can't explain to you. I've waited a decade, Ike, <laughs> to see DBs turn their head and defend the football and not get pass interference calls. Um, and they, they played pretty clean so far this season. Uh, so uh, that's the matchup that I'm looking at the most. DJ James, uh, we know Keontae Scott is going to be out. He's having surgery, so we wish him a speedy recovery. Uh, but yeah, he's already actually already had the surgery. Surgery, so yep. yeah. So uh, Donovan Kaufman is looking like he's on track to play. Um, this is going to be good. He's one of the highest graded DBs in the country through the first two weeks. And that includes versus a power five team. So can he get in there, continue to cause havoc and be a, a solid, dependable guy um, the way that um, the way that uh, uh, Keontae, you know, w- was right. Um, and, you know, the rest of those guys, I think, I think we get, they get Pritchett back this week. Um, we may see some Nehemiah Pritchett this week. Um, it, it'll be really interesting. I think it's going to be interesting to watch that that battle. We know Bobby Petrino likes to throw the ball. Yeah. 
We know he loves to throw the ball. Uh, and so uh, can these DBs step up and will they continue to take advantage of their moments when those opportunities for turnovers come their way? I think that's what fans should be watching for. Yeah, um, and I'll stay with the pass game, but I'll, I'll take the onus on that up to the front and talk about the pass rush. I think Connor Wigman is a quarterback that you have to make him uncomfortable. He's sneaky as far as his athleticism is concerned. You know, he's a baseball player, former baseball player. If he's a guy that you have to be disciplined in the way that you rush and you have to really confuse him or their offensive line with the way. So I think our pass rush versus that Texas A&M offensive line is going to be crucial where Miami was able to be successful against Texas A&M in the little bit that I've watched of that game was in their ability to make Connor Wigman uncomfortable when he was back there and forcing the ball out of his hands quickly, rally and tackle. That's what Auburn's done well all season as far as um, forcing quarterbacks into bad decisions. It's getting the ball out of the hands of that QB quickly, but then you rally and tackle so that you limit the number of deep explosive plays that are happening. That's going to have to continue. I think this week versus Texas A&M Jalen McLeod. This is, this was his coming out party last year at app state was the get Texas A&M game. Is he Mm. going to be able to be that level of disruptive against Texas A&M two Mm. years in a row? He's been dealing with some health issues so far this season for Auburn, but he does look as if he's ready to get out there and play a little bit more this game. Can he repeat what he did last year? Let me remind everybody, this Texas A&M team is not drastically different than the Texas A&M team that Auburn beat last year. This is the same team, essentially. Now, Moose Muhammad didn't play in that game versus Auburn. Their star running back last year um, was not out there versus Auburn. Uh, But it's all the same guys with another year of experience in a very different environment. But I do think that Auburn has an opportunity defensively to go out here and shut down this Texas A&M offense, albeit a very different offense because different play caller. But to me, it's going to be making sure Connor Wickman can't get loose because he, I think, is going to be a big factor in how Texas A&M will be able to pick up third and mediums. Right. And that's where I I think uh, Texas A&M is going to live in third and medium a lot. Connor Wigman with his legs may be a problem if we're not disciplined in the way that we rush the pass. Yeah, I would add um, Texas A&M's O-line is giving up a ton of pressure on him. Right. Yeah. Uh, So, I mean, they're giving in that Miami game, they gave up uh, pressure on 50 percent of his dropbacks. Correct. Uh, So uh, it was it's tough so far on the season, though. Um, he's got eight touchdowns to one interception when blitzed. Uh, so, you know, he's handling the pressure a decent right. amount of the time, but they're giving up a ton of it. Like, just can you get to him uh, before he can get the ball out to somebody uh, yep. is going to be the story uh, to, to me. Well, under pressure, his, his under pressure stats, you know, again, to me, uh, are pretty normal. Right. Yeah. As a matter of fact, they're 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 actually not bad at 52 percent when under pressure. Um, you know, that's better. Like most quarterbacks are sub 40 percent. Um, so they're going to have to, it's, you know, you can't just you can't just pressure them. You got to get to them. Correct. You have to get to them. You got to knock him down. You got to bat the ball. You got to pick him off. Um, you know, if he gets the ball out of his hands, there's 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 a chance he's going to make something happen by the numbers. So right. I agree. Wegman is going to be a big key in this, in a, and in a Bobby Petrino offense too. I like, you know, his offenses are predicated on fun, fundamentally sound quarterback play. 
uh, and they have to have that. So, you know, that's why they brought him in. Um, I think they've made strides so far this year. Uh, uh, it's not perfect, but, you know, in a quarter, this is a quarterback's game in college football. Uh, yeah. Teams with di- dynamic quarterbacks win the day. Uh, and if you don't have a dynamic quarterback, you need to do a lot of other things well. So uh, we- we'll see how Auburn is able to get pressure on Connor Wegman. But, um, you know, like I said, he can be dangerous sometimes outside of the pocket as well. Yep. No, I agree. I, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what strategically what we're trying to do to be able to combat what he can do with his legs in this game. War Report family, you are listening to The Morning Drop, where we talk about the most recent and relevant Auburn sports news. We broadcast live from The War Report's YouTube channel on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 Central Time. You're welcome to come watch it live, but the live chat is reserved for our YouTube channel members only. So come on by, become a member, and get active in the best Auburn sports community on the webs. We'll be right back after we pay a couple bills. Thanks for sticking around through the ad break. Now here's the rest of your morning drop. Let's get over to our comment section, Mike, and see what everybody is buzzing about out here in these internet streets. We will start the conversation with B-Wheels Forehead, who says, what's up with Mike going on three-man front and predicting Auburn to lose by two possessions? It's time to boog, baby. I, I'm not booging on this one. Uh, I, 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 got bad, I got bad vibes about this. Um uh, just it's more about what I just haven't seen. It doesn't mean they won't show it. Um, and the good thing about being a booger <laughs> is is that you uh, are happy when you're wrong, and it's not a good prediction. Uh, so we'll see what Auburn is able to produce. I think they have the talent to win this game. I do. Um, I just worried about where they're at in that development process, and you know, do they have the dudes and the scheme and like the identity to go out there and win this one on the road? If this were an Auburn, I might have a different feeling about this one. But, you know, mm-hmm. in front of that hundred thousand, uh, you know, I, I think I think that Payne Thorne's going to have to have his best game of the season to win this. Oh, yeah. No, no doubt about it. In my mind, this will need to be Peyton Thorne's best game thus far. Uh, this is what you bring in a quarterback who has experience for. So we're going to see whether or not. We got the right guy in this game. Cal game, he didn't show so well. This is going to be his reprieve, his time to come in and show the coaches pick the right guy out of the transfer portal. You bring in an experienced quarterback to be able to handle these types of environments, and we hope to see that Peyton Thorne is going to live up to the confidence that Coach Hugh Freeze and and company put in him when they got him out of the transfer portal. Missed uh, this in here, and I apologize. I normally start with Super Chats, but Jeremy White jumps in with a Super Chat that says, Coach Prime will be the next head coach at A&M. Uh, I've been hearing okay. this a lot lately. Yeah, I, I'm not sure where that's coming from, but I've been hearing that a lot. I, guys, I'm I'm not there with you. Yeah, I don't <laughs> I don't know where Coach is going to Coach Prime is going to be in his career beyond this season. Um, but good luck to him in whatever he decides to do with his career. Uh, TK jumps in. Mike G with the pick on Locked On Auburn losing by ten. Yikes. Everybody's not happy about my uh, Yeah, listen, I've got many things. I'm consistent, and I'm telling you, um, I've been asked a ton this week by everybody who's covering and watching this one. Uh, you know, what do I, what I feel? Happy to be wrong here, guys. I will take absolutely zero pride in being right about this. Um, and hopefully Auburn comes out and they show show us something different than what we've seen. All we can go is based on what we saw. Now, I know Ike said he doesn't expect to see a lot of what we've seen. Um, 
But the problem is I don't, I don't know what to expect to see because even well, procedurally in the things that they were executing, it's, it feels like there's still a lot to work on there. Um, and you can't make those same mistakes. Uh, you know, if you play the same game, if you executed the same level that you did against Sanford, I think they lose. I think they lose on the road. Yeah. What what I, you know, let's be clear. What I said was I don't expect us to go into the red zone inside the five yard line and throw three times in a row. I sure. don't expect us to need Peyton Thorne to rush for 100 yards in order to win this game. I expect that some of what was happening for Samford was, hey, we need to work on this. Let's go out there and do that. I don't expect the game plan to be the same and how you're going to attack Texas A&M is how you did Samford. You were kind of out there just trying some stuff. You can't just go try some stuff against Texas A&M. You need to be a little bit more consistent with what your game plan is. And I expect what I do expect to be the same is the RPO game to be a heavy portion of it to allow you to have answers easily for whatever they line up and do. Yeah, I would also expect at this point in the season, it's time to start just getting the balls to your playmakers. That's Jay Fair and that's Rivaldo Fairweather, clearly. Get those guys the ball at all costs. Feed the guys who are going to be game breakers for you. Yeah. Right now, if Payne Thorne's the quarterback, I have no doubt Jay Fair is going to get plenty of targets. Um, uh, certainly. Uh, and we'll see how if they use Robbie in a meaningful way in this one as well, too, to help, you know, keep keep them off balance. Is Hugh Freeze going to let Robbie throw the ball in some of those red zone packages if they bring him in? Um, you know, the, the plan clearly Saturday was get Payton Thorne settled in at all costs. Yeah, that's definitely what he, his plan was. We'll go to Jonathan Boyson here who says, got to stop turning the ball over and we have a chance. Yeah, definitely have to uh, make sure the turnovers were a big portion of the problem for Auburn so far this season against Cal at home. Uh, excuse me, against Cal on the road. You can't you can't be that team that's turned the ball over that many times. That killed our ability to be effective on offense, and it gave a perception that Auburn has a problem offensively with the number of ton- turnovers that we had. So I expect that taking care of the football is going to be number one on the board for Auburn this week when they're in their meetings and saying, we've got to be more conscious of taking care of the football. That second interception to Coy Moore was one of those inexcusable things. Um, Some of the late out routes that Peyton Thorne has been throwing, those are things that you can't do against an SEC defense. I expect that Auburn is definitely going to be stressing taking care of the football this week. Muffed punts, like all of those small things that haven't cost you a game so far could potentially cost you a game going forward. Continue to take the ball away like you've been doing on defense, but do a lot better job of protecting the ball on offense has to be the strategy for Auburn. Uh, 94 AU alum says the team that wins the turnover battle wins the game. We just talked about this. I think that there's a high probability that turnovers are going to be a deciding factor in this game. Auburn needs to do a much better job of taking care of the football. Uh, Agnes says just the threat that Peyton Thorne can run helps our running backs and the passing game. I agree with this. I think putting on tape that Peyton Thorne has a little bit of wheels, a little bit of legs is going to keep those fronts being a little more honest in how they rush Peyton Thorne. And it's going to allow confidence that, or excuse me, not confidence, but it's going to allow your defense to be a different, have to perform differently when you're getting into this RPO stuff. It's not just he's going to hand it off or he's going to pass. He does have the potential to pull. And just as I talked about Connor Wigman on third and medium, third and five to seven, you can look at Peyton Thorne and say, okay, if we can get into a scenario where we can get, you know, some sort of even front out here and we can have, 
you know, our RPO game effective enough where they have to stay honest on the outside because he might just flip it for five yards really quickly. Or we could hand the ball off to an even front or he may keep and go around the end. It changes the calculus on how you're going to be able to defend against the run in those scenarios. So we have to be able to be cognizant of that, that Peyton Thorne could potentially be a run threat for five, seven, maybe even 10 yards on a third down and pick up a first down with his legs. Um, Chris S jumps in and says, what will Peyton Thorne look like versus pressure? This is a very good question and one that Auburn is going to have to have an answer for. Any thoughts on that, Mike? Yeah, I think this is the key to the game. I, I honestly think this is a key to the game. Um, they're going to come after him and they're going to try to get him out of his comfort zone and rattled. And he's going to have to prove that he can beat them when blitzed and under pressure. Um, I think that's what Auburn's put on tape so far. I think teams will continue to do that until you prove that it's not a good idea. So uh, Peyton Thorne is going to have to be good. And, and this this dates back to Michigan State. Right. If you look at, you know, how he is under pressure and when blitz, the numbers weren't great. Right. So there's a lot of tape on how to play Payne Thorne at this point in his college career. I don't think it's different so far at Auburn. Um, and Auburn's got some potential injuries that they're dealing with along the offensive line, too. So we'll see how that factors into protection for him on Saturday. Yeah, I think that's going to be a big portion of this. He hasn't been under a ton of pressure so far this season. I mean, it's happened. He's gotten sacked, but a lot of the sacks have been coverage sacks. Like it hasn't been like immediate pressure. Very few times has he just had a free rusher coming in his face that he's had to deal with. Um, I think if Peyton Thorne does a better job in his analysis early, they're giving him time to get the ball out of his hands. He just needs to be able to get to uh, his reads quickly enough to be able to get it out of his hands. Because again, I think that we've had answers for what most teams have been bringing against us. I think Texas A&M is going to be a different animal, of course, just from their athleticism standpoint. And we'll see how this revamped offensive line, they spent a lot of time of all the position groups that are out here in Auburn Mm -hmm. that are completely or almost completely comprised of new people. The offensive line is the biggest one, right? And so this is the time that we get to see did we get the right investment placed in our offensive line productivity? Um, don't know what the status on Cam Stutz is going to be. He's been a high performer for Auburn so far this season. But we have de- they spent a concerted amount of time this offseason developing depth in our offensive line. It's time to start to show that this was a good pickup. And can our offensive line go out there and perform at a high level in the SEC with these guys who have not been SEC guys for the most part. It's time to see it. Let's go, Dylan Wade. It's your time to sign me, baby. It's time to see what we got out there. All right. Uh, Let's see what else. We got a lot of Coach Prime talk, and I don't really want to get into that Uh, It's funny. I got asked about this morning uh, with our guy uh, on WNSP, uh, Ben Taylor. Uh, asked me about Coach Prime, and uh, it seems to be a hot topic. We won't get into it, but it seems to be a hot topic. Maybe we'll continue this discussion. In yeah, what maybe did we, we see uh, or something. What did yeah. we see or something? Yeah, <laughs> like today, we're talking about Auburn versus Texas A&M. I know everybody is. Uh, this is the talk of the country, uh, but that ain't what today's conversation <laughs> is about. Um, I this is a good question. Uh, JBSMV asked the status on Wilkie Denod. Uh, as far as I've heard. 
Um, he should be available, right? Like I do understand he had the whole situation. I don't know if he's going to be back from the suspension or not, but I do believe that he is going to be available mm. this week. But how much he plays is going to be a whole different question as well. We shall see. Um, he's going to be a guy, I think, that can go out there and put some pressure on a passer. I mean, listen, the jack position, right? Let's talk about that for like half a second. We've uh, kind of gone past a lot of what we wanted to talk about in regards to matchups. But the jack position is one I mentioned earlier. Um, Jalen McLeod, uh, Elijah McAllister, I think is going to have to show up in this game a little bit more on the stat sheet than he's been showing up thus far, as far as his ability to get out there. Now they haven't been putting him in on obvious passing situations very much, but if McLeod can't go and he is going to be limited in his reps, Elijah McAllister, this needs to be a game where he shows up in the stat sheet a little bit more. Any thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, I agree. Um, uh, Elijah was one of those guys, right? We talked to him at SEC Media Days. He's, you know, um, yeah, the mixed feelings on him. Like, great leader, great team guy. I've talked to a lot of people who feel like, from a talent perspective, you know, he wasn't going to contribute much uh, this season. So we'll see. Can he go out there and affect the game? They need something off the edge, man. I mean, we talk a lot about Payton Thorne under pressure, but they've got to get Connor Wegman on the run as well, too. So uh, I thought. I don't know, and I, you could maybe answer this question, versus Samford looked to me like Auburn was struggling to generate pressure in that first quarter. Um, I don't know if they were trying to, though. I don't know if that was by design, if they thought they could just sit back on the quarterback, but there wasn't a ton of pressure on the Samford quarterback in the first quarter, so I, I would hope that they would come out and be a little bit more aggressive versus Wegman. Yeah, not a lot of... Um not a lot of pressure happening really in the first half of that game. I mean, you know, you were sitting right next to me in the booth and I remarked, man, like we haven't sacked this dude the entire game. And literally the next plate, we get a sack from Lawrence Johnson. Um, But they, the, the, the issue with Sanford was that air raid offense and they were more concerned about keeping the ball in front of them and going and tackling as opposed to trying to send a bunch of blitzes. Um, As the game got away from Sanford they started sending more blitzes to try to get the ball out of his hands to specific people that they could rally to. Um, they're going to have to play. It's going to be interesting to see how we uh, decide to attack the defense uh, defensively against this, uh, this offense, just because they have better athletes that can make you miss in space. You know, we talked about Anaya Smith, Evan Stewart uh, is going to be a big contributor for, for them. Noah Smith is another one. Um, and then Moose Muhammad, who didn't play in last year's game. Texas A&M has, has multiple big play potential wide receivers out there. So I think getting the ball out of Wigman's hands and then being sound and tackling, which Auburn has done a decent job of this year. The, the defensive secondary has done a good job of tackling well in space. We're going to have to do that in this game because those are game breakers that they have on their um, in their wide receiver core. But I think it's going to start with being able to generate pressure without blitzing. And that's something we have not done a great job of. The blitzes have been effective. Without blitzing, that's been a different story. Great. All right. Well, we are going to get out of here. We have so much more that we can talk about in regards to this game. Until the next time, and as always, War Eagle.